Welcome to Twisted News. I'm Andrew, and today we have a good one for you. As we look into the Lost Boys from Houston, 28 in total, and the last remaining unidentified John Doe, who was a victim of the Candyman killer. And then, the story of a woman who just escaped being kidnapped and put in a makeshift dungeon in a basement. Get ready for Scary Mysteries, Twisted News. Number 1. The Candy Man's Final Victim In the heart of Texas, under the hot Houston sun, there lies a story so chilling that it's haunted the city for 50 long years. It's a tale of sinister manipulation, extreme cruelty, and the relentless quest for justice. It's the real-life story of the Candyman Killer. Exactly five decades ago, on a day like today, Houston woke up to a horror that would be forever etched in its history. Two teenagers, barely adults themselves, shocked the nation when they revealed the locations of 28 graves scattered across the region, a grotesque map of their heinous acts. They led authorities to makeshift graves, from a boat storage shed to the pristine beaches of Polivar Peninsula and the quiet waters of the Sam Rayburn Reservoir. Between 1970 and 1973, young males between the ages of 13 to 20 disappeared from the heights. The community's desperate searches, tear-filled nights, and cries for justice seemed in vain until that fateful day in August of 73. That was when the police stumbled upon a grim scene at Lamar Street in Pasadena. Dean Coral, notoriously dubbed as the Candyman, lay dead with 17-year-old Elmer Henley standing above his corpse, confessing to his murder. However, as if drawn from some obscure horror movie, Henley, alongside his accomplice David Brooks, began to recount a story more dreadful than anyone could have ever imagined. Because together with Cole, the duo had been responsible for the kidnapping, torture, and murder of dozens of young boys. This horrifying chapter came to be known as the Houston Mass Murders. While most victims were identified and laid to rest, there remains one boy who to this day is still only known as John Doe 1973, and his identity continues to elude investigators. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and its team of forensic experts have been tireless in their efforts to provide closure to this chapter. And now... Using advancements in forensic science and artistic renderings, they hope to finally give him a name and bring solace to a grieving family that might still be searching. To those who know the story, the very image of Dean Coral is one of pure malevolence. The name Candyman might sound innocuous, but it's a reminder of Coral's M.O., as he was the man from the local candy shop luring unsuspecting children with the promise of free treats. David Brooks, initially one of his victims, became a recruit in his dark pursuits, and it was Brooks who introduced Coral to Henley, thereby completing the unholy trinity of Houston's most infamous serial killers. But the true horror lies in all the details, because all these victims weren't just killed, They endured long, agonizing deaths that sometimes lasted days. Brought back to Dean's home by one of the three killers, 
They were often given alcohol or drugs to subdue them, and if they refused those, they were taken by force. Eventually, when they were done with them, they would strangle or shoot the boys before dumping the bodies all around the greater Houston area. Eventually, this all got too much for Henley, who one day stepped to Coral in August of 73 and shot him. After the revelations of all this stuff came out, both Brooks and Henley faced the consequences of their actions. Brooks' demise came in 2020 from the pandemic that swept the world, while Henley, though seeking medical parole, remains incarcerated. Five decades have passed since these ghastly events unfolded, yet the echoes of their deeds continue to resonate. The search for John Doe 1973's identity remains a final act of justice that's yet to be fulfilled. If you or anyone you know has any information, you're urged to come forward. For every soul lost, for every family torn apart, and for a city that still bears the scars, it's a mystery that begs resolution. Number 2. The Dark Secrets of Klamath Falls In the peaceful town of Klamath Falls, Oregon, few residents could have imagined the horrors lurking behind one of their neighbor's walls. It's a disturbing story that has now revealed the malevolent actions of a man with a disturbing past. The 29-year-old Zagasi Zabiri, a seemingly ordinary resident, is harboring a dark secret. He is tucked away within his home was a makeshift dungeon constructed from cinder blocks and concealed behind a metal door. It was within this sinister chamber that a young woman from Seattle found herself imprisoned after a terrifying ordeal. Posing as an undercover police officer in Seattle, DeBerry lured his unsuspecting victim into a trap. Then using an array of tools, including a taser, handcuffs, and leg irons, he subdued her. Armed with police patches and other deceptive items, DeBerry's ruse appeared credible. But when the woman noticed a map application on his phone indicating a destination several hours away, the grim reality sank in. She was being kidnapped. After more than a seven-hour drive back to Oregon, Zuberi imprisoned his victim within the confines of his makeshift dungeon in Klamath Falls. But the resilient spirit of the young woman wouldn't make it easy. She knew if she stayed in there, she was going to be killed, so... He started punching away a security screen door and managed to rip it down enough to climb out and escape to safety. Outside the home, her cries for help were heard by a passing motorist. Zuberi fled the state immediately, but his reign of terror came to an abrupt halt when authorities, utilizing advanced cell phone technology, arrested him after a standoff in a Walmart parking lot in Reno, Nevada. The investigation then into Saberi's past painted a grim picture. He had lived in at least 10 states since 2016 and had been linked to violent assaults in at least four of them. The FBI believes that many more victims could exist, victims who may or may not have been murdered. Often targeting sex workers or even roommates, Saberi employed a range of tactics to overpower them drugging their drinks, impersonating a police officer, and even filming some encounters to make it appear consensual. And, as an ultimate form of control, 
He threatened retaliation against any victim who considered going to the police. The case was further complicated by the revelation that the residence where this dungeon was was owned by Klamath Falls Mayor Carol Westfall. She and her husband had rented the home out to Zabiri and were shocked by the news of what was happening there. Authorities are still unraveling the complex tapestry of Zabiri's crimes with his trails stretching across the country all the way from California to New York. The FBI continues its investigation, urging the public to come forward with any information they might have about this man and his potential victims. In the words of special agent in charge, Stephanie Shark, we are fortunate that this brave woman escaped and alerted authorities. However, as the FBI dives deeper into Zaberry's past, the question lingers. How many more victims remain in the shadows, waiting for their stories to be heard? So there were two of the most murderous and harrowing news stories that we have for you this week. If you like this episode and want more, go check out our exclusive podcast down in the link below. We have an episode about shadow people plus my own experience with them. Five cold cases solved in strange ways plus a bunch more and a new one coming out each week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'll see you guys in the next one.